Hello, hello, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Fourth and Forever Sports. I am one third of that podcast, and I'm joined by the, another third of that podcast. Jacob here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so welcome to the inaugural edition. Unfortunately, we were without our uh, third leg of the tripod, Taylor. He unfortunately is out busy saving lives. He's a firefighter and uh, got called into work. So, you know, shout out to all our first responders. But we are going to be one man short in this edition. Unfortunate, but I totally get it. As I said, this is 4th and Forever Sports. So what this is, is a, I want to say a weekly, semi-weekly, semi-bi-weekly. We'll kind of figure it out as we go. A sports podcast where we touch on football, touch on fantasy, all that jazz. And uh, just a little bit of the sports world in general. Um, the reason we're kind of getting into this is because we're football fanatics. That's why I'm doing it. And Jacob, why don't you tell us about yourself, sir? Yeah, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. You know, it's unfortunate Taylor couldn't be here for this episode. Him and I have talked about doing a sports podcast for a very long time now. And uh, it actually just kind of came out of the blue one day. Scott, who is another one of my good friends, I actually used to work for him. Um, he hit me up and said, hey, you know, I want to start a podcast and I want you to be in on it. Kind of crazy how things fall together sometimes. So immediately we hit up Taylor and, and thus it was put together. I think we spent like four hours and, you know, 23 minutes coming up with a name for this podcast. So we're really serious about it. We're looking forward to it. I uh, I have been writing sports articles for this will be the sixth season this fall. Really looking forward to getting into that a little bit further and actually getting on the microphone some just talking about all the all the hot takes as they come so thanks for riding with us it's kind of kismet how, how it worked out i randomly shot jacob a uh, picture of a podcast mic and a computer and i was like you know sports country let's ride and uh, <laughs> he signed he signed right on up and gives the the pod immediate credibility with his uh, writing background it's awesome man it's good stuff and we'll see how it plays out i will say that we put much, much, much more work into coming up with a name than we have into actually producing content thus far. So we're going to try to tip those scales more into the <laughs> production aspect. So we picked today or this time frame to, to kick us off. I mean, honestly, to coincide with the new season, right? We thought about starting production. I wanted to do this for a while now around draft time, but that didn't seem right to me. I think that you know, training camp is the true start, <clears throat> true start of football. There's so many headlines, so many things we wanted to watch, and and so that's that's why we're actually starting things now. Um, we're going to talk about a couple highlights there, and then we may dive into some, you know, way too early power rankings, and then we may get into some fantasy thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up. But honestly, Jacob, uh, what are some of the things that you're most excited to hear about coming out of training camp? Yeah, dude. So I kind of preface this with a, a little bit of a story that I think is really cool. Let's just start with, have you watched the Netflix series Quarterback yet? So I started started it, and something happened. I got halfway through, and I got pulled away. I don't remember what it was, but the short answer is no. Okay, and that's okay. Um, it It's pretty crazy how it gives a, a really big insight into a professional football players, specifically the quarterback's life. I, I think what's key <clears throat> and, and what's going to get us into training camp talk here, it's incredible to me how Patrick Mahomes makes everyone around him a better football player. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing to, to actually witness, um, and the, I think the show does a good job of, of kind of bringing that up to speed some. But how about Kadarius Toney having surgery on his knee this week? That dude can't stay healthy, cannot stay healthy. So the, well, the storyline I mean, there, the storyline there that I want to get to is – 
you know, the Chiefs have 15 wide receivers that are really not paid at all. You know, they got rid of Tyreek Hill, um, and, and Tyreek Hill was a fantastic piece to the Kansas City offense forever. A lot of people thought that Kansas City was going to fall on their face, actually, um, after Tyreek Hill left, and obviously didn't. They won the Super Bowl, so, you know, whatever. It just makes me wonder, their uh, second-round pick this year, Rasheed Rice, is, is he going to just step right into a role with Tony missing a little bit of time? I mean, you know, it, it's really interesting to see. Is Sky Moore the guy now? I mean, they used the early draft capital on him last year. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, Aaron Rodgers did some things with him. He comes to Kansas City, looks like a superstar. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. I think it all revolves around Patrick Mahomes being who he is. But, I mean, what do you think? So, first of all, I, I'm also in that camp, or was in that camp, was in that camp, I should say, that I thought I thought that offense was going to struggle once uh, Tyreek went down to Miami. But I was mistaken because uh, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> while sometimes over the top, is an absurdly good football player. I mean, for the four touchdowns in one game last season, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're not wrong. The Mahomes' ability to buy time and to – you know, just improvise and throw the football a million yards downfield can make average receivers look like rock stars. And NVS looked like a, a different human last year. And I also think that, uh, yeah, I think Sky Moore, I would be shocked if he doesn't take a big leap. You know, you, you got the offensive brain of Andy Reid. You've got uh, Patrick Mahomes there, and you've got a winning culture. This is his season. And then, yeah, uh, the rookie this year, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think uh, – if I was to say buy, sell, or hold on Sky Moore stock, I would say buy this season. Oh, 100%. And just to, I mean, since we're just a couple of guys talking about sports on a on a Wednesday night anyway, let's dissect that a little bit more. So when Tyreek Hill left, I mean, what, what was it that made everybody think, oh, my gosh, this Kansas City offense just can't make it? Well, I'll tell you what it is, and then you well, can give me your take. Okay. <laughs> The fact that Tyreek Hill can stretch the field so immensely that people just they couldn't hang with that. And so when you lose a, a dynamic playmaker who at the time was the fastest player in the NFL, um, yeah, you know, the, the Chiefs offense was going to be pretty concentrated in one part of the field because obviously everything shifts to Travis Kelsey. They don't have a superstar running back. They had no receivers that were, you know, quote unquote, that, that five-star alpha anymore. I, I mean, it, when the field's all gummed up, there's a, a lot of reason for somebody to think that the offense can't perform the way that it has. So I think the ability of, like you said, I think the ability of Patrick Mahomes to buy time and, and extend plays with his legs and throw back across his body 60 yards downfield, no quarterback can do that, by the way, but Patrick Mahomes. Um, it, it's it's a freak of nature, and it, it's honestly incredible. We get to watch it every weekend. So, Yeah. It's it's legitimately not fair. I think it was the uh, I want to say it was against the Bengals to where they were just sending like the house and this man is like slipping and sliding like outside like out of pressure like any mere mortal should have been sacked twice in a single play and he's like he's like I'm gonna go ahead and not get sacked and then I'm gonna do this weird leaping throw to somebody over the middle of the field and guess what you you can't stop me because eventually coverage is gonna break down. And oh yeah, yeah, it, it's otherworldly. And I don't, I don't have the stat in front of me. I'll have to find it, and we'll talk about it next week or something. But um, there's a stat 
that Patrick Mahomes is actually more successful on blitzed plays than he is standing in the pocket. Think about that for a second. I mean, that that's something right there. You send the house at a quarterback, what do you expect to happen? Not score, for sure. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, I, I would believe that. And then to, for him to play through, you know, was it a high ankle sprain throughout the playoffs? Like, it's – as so – Full disclosure, I'm a massive, massive Eagles fan, so not excited about the outcome of this past Super Bowl, but I have to give credit where it's due. I mean, the guy's, the guy's like, clo- close as you can come to a god while being on earth, you know, short of Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Mahomes. There really doesn't even need to be any kind of analysis in that one. He's the best quarterback in the league, and everybody else gets to fight over two through 31. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I remember- Number two is Jalen Hurts, but, you know, I'm not biased at all about that. Uh, since we're on the topic of quarterbacks, the burning question I've got is what the hell is San Francisco going to do with the quarterback position? Because I don't think that – I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be good to go for a good chunk of the first part of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Well, actually, they uh, came out today and said he could be ready to go week one. He's not going to have any any uh, restrictions. So, but So I'm a liar, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, it's cool that just dropped. I'm pretty sure that just dropped this morning. But uh, Trey Lance, you know, they used a ton of draft capital on him last year or two years ago now. And if he's 100% healed from injury, I really don't see how. Like, you got to give Brock, Brock Purdy props. I mean, he came in as the very last player in the draft. He won nine straight games. Matter of fact, he won every game that he started and finished in the NFL. Not a lot of people can say that, especially not as a rookie. So that that in itself is pretty incredible. But as far as fit to the offense, I mean, Trey Lance checks every box that the 49ers could have. So to me, it's, it's curious for sure what we'll see uh, those guys out there in California end up doing. I Personally, I think it's going to be Trey Lance by week four or five if he doesn't start the season as a starter. Because, uh, like I said, you go and you invest all that draft capital in a guy. He's an athletic freak. I mean, it, every box is checked. So I don't know. That's my opinion on it. I don't know, man. So there's the the sunk cost fallacy, right? So like it's you know you've already sunk X amount of resources into something. Just because it's <clears throat> just because you sunk that many resources into something, if it's not the right option you should not continue to 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 spend time on it however like you said we haven't seen enough of of trey lance to see what he really is at the the nfl level so i don't know i I, I would have a hard time so let me be clear brock purdy did awesome stuff last year like the the resume speaks for itself however he did not like shatter the world as far as like what he did on the field it was really more like hey i'm gonna make sure and not turn the football over um and you know complete passes when I need to, but I'm not going to, you're not going to win because of me, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help facilitate the win. Right. But does Trey Lance have that ability a la Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, who can say, okay, you know what? We are down by six. There's a minute and a half to go. And whether I've got to like run pass or just like will my way to this win, I'm going to make it happen. Does, does either one of those candidates or you know guys have that ability? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not here to answer that question. That's why I'm just curious. I just I feel like it's almost messed up to be like, hey, Brock, thanks for stepping in, Mr. Irrelevant, and winning nine games in a row. 
but we're going to hand the reins over to Trey Lance just because we spent more draft capital on him. And it's just kind of a weird, it's a weird no, uh, position yeah. to be in. Yeah, no, and I, I'm on board with that 100%. Um, I don't think, I, I definitely don't think that Brock Purdy did just phenomenal things while he was on the football field. It was definitely about controlling possession, you know, hitting the throws you got to hit. But, I mean, he did average two passing touchdowns a game, which is pretty crazy coming in, like we said, as the absolute last player in the draft. Like, That's more, it's ah. more, uh, more than I averaged last season, I'll say that. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> I I think that we'll we'll find out more as uh, as camp kind of unfolds here. If Trey Lance is 100% back to full health and Brock Purdy is 100% back to full health, in today's game where the mobile quarterback is so important, I think we're probably going to see Trey Lance beat him out. Um especially, you know, Shanahan has a lot of RPOs in his offense with some emphasis on actually talking and running instead. You know what I mean? So, like, as far as fit goes, it just makes sense. I don't know why Jimmy G was there for so long because he doesn't really – I mean, he's he's an older Brock Purdy as far as I'm concerned, probably worse. But I I think Trey Lance wins the job. Don't worry. Jimmy G will be back there at some point this season. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Shanahan can't get away he's like oh I miss you Jimmy come back <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding alright so what? what's uh, what's your next so you talked about Mahomes you talked about Kansas City in the wide receiver position uh, what else are you looking, to, looking forward to seeing this season this offseason yeah, so, training camp well we talked a little bit about how you're a massive Eagles fan and, and on the flip side for me I'm a massive Saints fan so I think it's a uh, I think there's a lot of controversy around it right now. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, he he uh, had a court date here a while back for allegedly <laughs> physically abusing someone. Breaking in Vegas. some guy's face. <laughs> right. Allegedly. Right. There, there is a video, so I guess it's not actually allegedly anymore. But as a as a diehard Saints fan, it's still allegedly. Anyway, he pled uh, <laughs> no contest actually. So, yeah, he did it, and he he knows he did it, and he's really sorry. So they dropped it from a felony to a misdemeanor, which means there's a chance that he actually doesn't miss that much time this season. I don't know what Roger Goodell's going to do. He's made a lot of really crappy decisions in the last five years anyway. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But where the training camp controversy comes in, uh, we signed Jamal Williams because he did a lot of really awesome things in Detroit last year. And then we drafted Kendra Miller, probably expecting Alvin Kamara not to play that much football this year. But if he doesn't really get suspended, what happens? You know, I mean, you got to assume Kendra Miller just kind of gets a shaft because he's a, a rookie and, you know, Kamara's got actual records in New Orleans. But I don't know, man, there's a lot of – there's a lot of people that are saying Kamara's lost a step. He's not going to be any good. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't in that know mode. about the. But, I don't know about ahead. not being any good. I don't know. Uh, you know, you're. Uh, thanks. Uh, I don't know about not being any good, but I pers- <clears throat> I personally don't feel like he looked as explosive as Kamara of old last year. But that's just me. Um, do I think he's washed? Absolutely not. But, but also, like, how much of you know this happened. This incident allegedly happened um, 
you know, don't come after me, NFL or, or lawyers or whatever. Allegedly, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, this incident happened after the 2022, wait, 2021 Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl that happened before, like, last season. So this is, like, a long time in the making, right? And, you know, did that, did the, did the off-field off stuff mentally weigh him down to impact his production on the field last year? Because we're all human. I mean, we want to think of these people as like Madden players and whatnot, but he's an actual human individual. And I, I can bet, I can promise you, you know, I've never been in that same situation, but if I sure. were to put myself in empathy in those shoes, I would not, I, I couldn't focus on game planning and everything. Cause I, in my head, I'd be like, am I going to jail at the end of the year? What's going to happen? Right. Sure. So, well, uh, I mean, you got to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, no, definitely. You got to think about um, the four, yeah, four seasons previous. I mean, my dude's riding the gravy train with biscuit wheels. I mean, Kamara is, is coveted. He's one of the top running backs in the league. Everybody loves him. The city loves him. All these things are awesome. And then now there's this huge stain on his social, on it, you know, on, on everything personal that it's not just football. And it, it probably will be football, too, after we figure out what the ruling is. But – I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be a huge mental drain. Furthermore, though, I don't necessarily think it was all tied to that last year. Um, there were a lot of problems last year in, in New Orleans, especially, you know, Dennis Allen's first year as a head coach, um, the Jameis Winston factor. Why is Jameis not playing? I mean, it, nobody could answer that at all. We started Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a trash can. We then start Ian Book, who literally only ran the football in college. He hardly ever threw. So, yeah, I mean, everything about New Orleans last year was just not good, dude. And the offensive line is declining. I, I mean, I think if – and I, I think if I'm Alvin Kamara, you know, I, I kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit, and I just kind of take it in stride, you know. I – so a little backstory on Kamara that a lot of people don't know is he actually went to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas, which is only, you know, maybe an hour and a half away from where I grew up. So um, he actually was there, and he set every single record that they had, naturally, because he was incredible. And the very last game of the year, at the junior college level, they play in a bowl if they're that good, right? Sure. He told their head coach that he was not playing in this game. Like, oh, man, Why? you, you got to play. You got to play. You just got to play. You're, you're so close to these other records. Like You just, you just got to play. And he said, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. See you. Dude got on a plane and left. I, I don't know if he enrolled at Tennessee the next day or whatever, but moral of the story is he's going to do what he wants to do, and it doesn't really matter to him who it, who is – tied to him in any way now maybe it's different at the professional level i kind of doubt it but i mean it, it dude's got a lot of baggage and i'm a big camara fan so you know no, yeah. nobody for me when i say that but he does have a lot of baggage and i i definitely think it has uh kind of held him up especially in the last year so sure hey, fingers crossed though no more andy dalton no more ian book james winston's a backup go Derek carr yeah, last year was a uh, an interesting year to be a Saints fan, I guess <laughs> to say the least. But also a huge Camara fan. Um, been riding with him on fantasy leagues, shoot, since 
the 2017 season. Uh, I, uh, I was really high on him coming out of Tennessee. I think they, the Saints picked him up at a steal where they did in the draft, and the guy's just been unreal since then. Yeah, you know but who else in the 2017 draft? Who's that? Kareem Hunt. Guess where he's playing now. Uh, where, actually? I didn't see this. Nowhere. He hasn't been Nowhere. signed yet. I was going to say, I thought, <laughs> I thought I missed other breaking news, and I was like, what? Where? <laughs> no, I, I cut you off, though. My bad. Go ahead, Scott. No, no. You're, I was about to be like, dude, I am... I am underprepared for this podcast. How am I missing this breaking? <laughs> um, no, the so the running back situation, right? So Kamara is one of the handful of actual elite running backs in the NFL. And first of all, let me just say that I think hot take, the running back rookie court, uh, contract situation is criminal, right? It's, it should not be okay to sign these dudes to a four- or five-year contract, run them into the absolute ground, give them like 35 touches a game. And then be like, well, I would sign you because you only have one or two years left, but I'm going to go ahead and franchise tag you and then cut you deuces. Uh, it's it's criminal, right? So that everyone else should have three, four, five-year rookie contracts, but running backs, in my opinion, should have one, two-year maximum on that rookie deal just because they take so much pounding. That being said, what's playing out right now, you know, you've got three of the top running backs available are on, you know, we're just coming off rookie contracts and Tony Pollard, um, Josh Jacobs and Saquon, uh, and they had all been given franchise tags. And up until today, the only one of those three to sign their franchise tag was Tony Pollard, and it looked like Saquon was leading the the running back. You know, revolu- rev- I want to do an action, Viva la Revolution or whatever. But uh, <laughs> he actually ended up crossing the. He ended up crossing the picket line today, so to speak, and signing a one-year deal with New York. So is Josh Jacobs going to be the sole holdout? You know, and what's the what's the play there? What's the market going to look like in the future for running backs? And I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. But what do you think, sir? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I actually saw a report that Josh Jacobs got on a plane out of Vegas and, and said, peace, I'm out. So, you know, maybe Josh Jacobs is not going back to Vegas. I don't blame him. Josh McDaniels sucks. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> but <laughs> we're not actually talking about Josh McDaniels right now, so we'll move on. Shout out Keaton, major Raider fan. Raider fan. But uh no, nah, so here's the thing, running backs in general, it's uh I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and the game has changed so much than the way it was when we were growing up, right? Like Jerome Bettis, you know, um, Marion Barber when he was in Dallas. There's just a lot of running backs that used to get 15 to 20 to 25 touches, not even counting actual targets. Like, this is just hand the dude the ball and let him work, right? How Can you, can yeah. you even name five running backs in the league right now that are just ground and pound only? They don't have a backup. They don't have a spell, like – there are very minimal. It doesn't sure. happen anymore. The reason no, the reason it doesn't happen is because because I mean, well, the reason it doesn't is because look at, I mean, look at the guys they do that to, right? Like Zeke, like they like force fed Zeke, you know, and he used to like pantomime feed me and whatnot. But dude, you're not even in the league anymore because your body just is breaking down from getting crushed thirty times a game. And then before him, it was Todd Gurley doing the same thing. 
right? And sure. <clears throat> it's unfortunate. It, it it sucks. But part of that, I personally think, um, is that growing up, man. Who so growing up? Let's just say ten year old Jacob, who was like your top one or two favorite players in the NFL, non quarterback. Oh, Adrian Peterson and Adrian Peterson. There you go. Right. And then whenever I was growing up, you know, it was like Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders was in his heyday when I was, you know, eight to 12 years old. Like it was just so fun to watch. Edgar and I know uh, Edgar and James was awesome to watch. LaDainian Tomlinson a little later on, like all these guys were awesome and electric to watch. And I personally think, personally think that, you know, they were, they were kind of outside of being a quarterback, right. They were like, the face of the NFL, like these different franchises. You could say the sure. same about wide receiver, but I would disagree. Wide receiver was like, there was Jerry Rice and that was about it. Right. But you had like a handful of running backs at any given time that were just awesome. So you got these kids coming up and they're like, I want to do what that guy does. And so all of a sudden you've got these kids wanting to play running back and be the dude. Um, and so that turns into college athletes and then pro athletes. And I'm not saying they're all, Emmett Smith, so they're all whomever, but they're pretty dang good, and there's a lot of them. And so, as an NFL franchise, you've got to de- decide: Do I want to pay one dude twenty million dollars a year for his four point five yards of carry, or am I okay spending one to two million dollars on these two guys, and they're going to get me four point three yards of carry or four point one yards of carry? Right, still pretty solid, but maybe not with that home run threat that these other dudes offer. And that's why I personally think that the, the, the position is so saturated and the elite backs is, have just – they're all really, really good, right? So it's hard to separate yourself into elite when everyone's that talented. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's, that's the absolute truth of the matter. You know, it, it just doesn't make financial sense <clears throat> to pay one guy the absolute maximum when you have four of them on your bench that – that can really get the job done. I mean, and that, and we've seen it time yeah. and time again. You know, whenever whenever Dalvin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison steps in and he has 140 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that, that's just that's same just thing. the reality of it. And the same thing goes for like look at Cincinnati, right? Mixon, right? He goes down, he's, he misses a little time, and uh, he's not there anymore. But Sanjay Perine, um, he he's not as good, but he fills in and does, <clears throat> fills in and does a pretty dang adequate job. Like I would start him that week if Sanjay was if Mixon was out. Oh, for sure, Samajay Pirine, dude. What a lot of people don't know about him is he was one of like the craziest running backs to come through Oklahoma in a long time. Like up until this last year, he had the rushing record against the University of Kansas. It was like 275 yards in a game. First of all, I think knew about that. that. Second of all, thank you, thank you for over-articulating his name because I just straight up butchered it. And I was like, I know who this guy is, but I'm going to say it completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Like the most articulate thing you've said this is like, I'm going to go and enunciate the crap out of this guy's name. Somewhere, Tom Rexwinkle, the biggest Oklahoma Sooners fan in the history of ever, his Samaj P. Ryan senses just started tingling. What? Somebody just mispronounced Marjorie's <laughs> name. Yeah, don't worry. I don't, don't I even have you. my address. My address isn't even out there, but I'm going to get all sorts of hate mail now. Like, learn how to freaking talk, you idiot. Like, oh, sure. my bad. You're down I'm there in Cooner country in Oklahoma City. So, yeah, it, it's coming for you, bud. It's coming, man. We, we joke. Uh, do you think, uh, in all honesty, do you think that 
Mr. Jacobs is going to sign sign his tender or no? At the end of the day, I think this is just the same scenario that Saquon was in. Can these dudes actually sit out a year and come back fine? I mean, I I really don't know, man. I, I think – so it's two things. One, after the performance that Josh Jacobs had last year, rushing leader, I, I mean, just all the things – I really don't know how you don't pay him, especially if you're the Raiders and your backup wasn't even a starter in college. So, like, I promise you, Zamir White, Georgia, he split the backfield with, like, two other absolute dogs. I mean, they're starting on other teams right now, but he didn't. You know, I mean, did he score touchdowns? Yeah, but if you line up behind the best offensive line in the country – uh, five yards out, what's going to happen, Scott? Me and you both could score. A Makes, lot. A <laughs> Makes a difference. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, ah, man, I, I I think Josh Jacobs should have got paid. He didn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't sign, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know that he can set out a year. Because what's going to happen is, and I, I think one of the free agent backs that are still out there is going to end up in Vegas. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Fournette or, you know, Kareem Hunt. Both of those guys really fit the Raiders' mold. Criminals. But um, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think Josh Jacobs could sit out. I just don't. I just don't know if he can financially afford to do that. But we'll see. I guess. Yeah, and you know, honestly, at the end of the day, him doing that by himself. I mean, look at. Oh, his name escapes me now. Um, Steelers running back. What's his name? James Conner. No, yes, James Conner. The, the Steelers running back who sat out because he didn't want to be tagged. Uh, oh, Lady on Bill. There it is. I don't know why I could not think of his name, but you know, he sat out for a year and went to the Jets. And even with the Jets, got like a subpar contract. And <clears throat> you know, all the all that happened was he was a year older. Didn't make a difference in the league how it operated. It was just just nothing. Now he's on. And now he's on the Chiefs practice squad, I think, right? So, yeah, it sucks. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I I would have to go back and look because that's been, what, five or six years ago. But it's I want to say that the Jets actually signed him to a crazy deal and then bought him out because they were like, wow, you actually suck. And really, it wasn't his fault at all that they had six quarterbacks and none of them could hit a first down at 10 yards. I mean, it's just – Right. That, that was not his fault at all. And their offensive line the, had more holes in it trash. than underwear. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is a lot. A lot, a lot of holes. <laughs> but anyway. The, but, you know, the only fix is the – only, the only fix is restructuring how rookie – running back contracts work and i don't know if the the owners are going to get together and be like yeah what's this this is the correct thing to do they're like eh, this, i don't see a problem in this broken process because to them or for them it works they can just draft a dude for three years and they're like well it's been nice knowing you and then draft somebody else in the third round you know and still rock out like sure eh, like look at that's enough no time talking about that broken system i'm gonna work myself up into a frenzy but yeah i think you're i i hope that he'll eventually sign it because I mean he needs to, you know, get paid when he can. Um, but I don't I don't know if he will or not. I think it's messed up that the Raiders did him dirty. They're like, we're not going to pick up your fifth year option. You've got to prove it to us on year four. And then he 
more than proves it to us. He's like, just dominates the league. And they're like, also, go F yourself. Here's a franchise tag. So extra right. dirty there down in Oakland or Vegas, excuse me. Right. Yeah, they go out and they get Jimmy G right after they signed Devontae Adams to a blockbuster contract, which I will say they only got Devontae Adams because of Derek Carr. And then, guess what? They ship Derek Carr off and say, you're not any good anymore, bud. And so now they don't want to pay, <laughs> they don't the- pay Josh Jacobs. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, man. This is turning into the Raiders are ridiculous as far as and, and stupid and running an organization podcast. Dude, <laughs> it's a, but here it's we a are. drama TV show that we live in, and the Raiders are the main spotlight. Moving, moving right along. Do you have uh, anything <laughs> else you're wanting to see in training camp? Ah, uh, nah, man. I'm I'm just excited to see it play out. I hope, you know, I I hope that most guys make it through injury free and they actually get to play in the season. I always hate to see a guy go down in July with an ACL or something. Uh, that's just not good for for anybody. So, hope all the guys make it through and and just looking forward to another football season, man. Fingers crossed. I saw that uh, CJGJ, the safety the Alliance picked up from the Eagles. Um, went down with a non-contact knee injury. So that's usually not a good sign, but, you know, thoughts and prayers going out. Yeah, uh, for hopefully, sure. Hopefully he's not serious. So I did see an serious. update on that today, and he is day-to-day. So they actually decided that he didn't have any serious uh, damage, and it's probably just a mid-level sprain. So it sounds like dude's going to be good. Awesome. Yeah, usually, man, you look at non-contact knee injuries, like – <clears throat> like, look at, I think I, my mind automatically goes to, you know, um, Teddy Bridgewater during Vikings minicamp. His knee just, like, exploded, right? And then oh, yeah. did, uh, Deshaun Watson, same same thing, not a huge fan. But, yeah, like, in drills, his knee just, like, explodes during a random drop back. And it's usually never For a sure. good thing whenever you get. Uh. So, hooray. Right, that's awesome. him in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good news. I thought I was gonna put a damper on it, but you uh, you brought that sunshine there, Jacob, just like you always do. I appreciate you, sir. I'm here to save the day, Bo. So, uh, so I'm not gonna do a full on power ranking, and I don't want to do Super Bowl predictions. But who do you think? Like, if you had to rank, like the top, like if the like NFL was just one total playoff, right? Kind of like colleges, and you had to rank <clears throat> your top six teams as far as seeding in that playoff, what would that look like for you? Put you well, on the spot here. Yeah, no, for sure. Going into preseason, I mean, there there is a lot of reason as to why the Eagles probably should be number one. Uh, offensive line, defensive line, which is where most games are won, I'll have you know. Um, they're number one <laughs> in both of them, actually. So... It, it's difficult to to not put them at least in the top three. I'm going to go ahead and put them at number one, especially because we don't really know. You know, are the are the Chiefs going to be the same team after losing Orlando Brown to the Bengals? Um, are they going to go ahead and sign Chris Jones again? Who knows, right? They do still have Patrick Mahomes. They do still have Andy Reid, and they do still have Travis Kelsey. So that enough. That's enough right there for me to put them top five. I'm going to go ahead and slot them in at number two because, I mean, they're the Chiefs. Both teams have a really high probability of making it back to the Super Bowl this year. Um, 
in my opinion. Number three, I think, actually is a is kind of a toss-up. I could actually see some people slotting them in over the Chiefs at number two. Uh, it's got to be the Bengals for me. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. Man, that offensive line's improved. It, it, there's just a lot of reasons. They restructured Joe Mixon, so I, I'm not a big – I mean, I'm not a big mix-in truther personally, but I do believe that a guy that's been in the same system for four years, five years, whatever he's been there, it's been that long anyway, um, is a huge asset to any squad. Uh, they lost some Ajay P. Ryan uh, in the offseason to Denver, so now you're talking about Joe Mixon and then guys that really haven't been there much. Um, I, I do like Chase Brown, the rookie they picked up, but – I, I think we see a lot of Joe Mixon this year. Last year it was like a 60-40 split between him and Samajay. This year I'm looking at probably a 70-30 or maybe even an 80-20. So, anyway, Joe Burrow is going to have a lot more time to throw. That offensive line's improved. They got to they got to be I gotta, three for. I, I got to interject real fast. I like Mixon, but I swear to God, every single time I start that guy and <laughs> anything fantasy related, like he'll have like seven yards off 43 carriers or some nonsense and then like i will i'll bench him the next week because i'm like what are you doing there guy and i'll have like four touchdowns and 19 receptions and i'm like i hate my life (laughs) oh absolutely yeah that i think he had a five touchdown game this last season i mean just yep and an unbelievable outing It, it was four or five but i mean it was just stupid really and the Bengals were up by like 40 points i don't even know what they were what they were doing but anyway moving along Number four, um, I don't know. Might might catch some flack for this, but I, I honestly could take about four teams and stack them at four and five, um, and maybe I'll do that and just quick run through. So first and foremost, I got to go with the Chargers. I think that Chargers offense is going to be absolutely lights out under <laughs> Kellen Moore. Everything that they do and have done for the last three years is exactly his offense, but not quite as good. You look at the the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> you look at the Dallas Cowboys, um, and and their scoring over the last few years with Kellen Moore down there, dude. Night and day different from what it was whenever Mike McCarthy was just calling the plays. It's stupid, right? Stupid. Or Jason Garrett, I think, actually is who it was before then. But um, you know, you got Mikey Air Yards Williams. All that dude does is run verticals and catch bombs. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Throws bombs. It's a match made in heaven. Keenan Allen's fantastic. They went and picked up uh, Quentin Johnston out of TCU, who was just a freak athlete last year. Led his team all the way to the national championship and then barely got to play. Really sad, actually. But yards after the catch is just crazy for that guy. I mean, everything they have um, on, on a vertical basis just makes so much sense. Then you go to the backfield and you look at Austin Eckler, who is a ball-catching machine. And he can run between the tackles. All of that combined with Justin Herbert, who just signed a five-year extension, by the way. Uh, I mean, the Chargers yeah, $261 look good. Million, highest paid quarterback in the I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. And that defense is solid. I mean, they're one of the only teams that, prior to last year, had been able to stop Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey heard the rumors and eviscerated him, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so anyway yeah chargers at four man i I think 4b is gonna have to be jacksonville for me trevor lawrence k 
Calvin Ridley. I've been seeing some film on Calvin Ridley. Oh, my gosh. That dude is insane. I watched a clip today, and it highlighted Zay Jones, who ran a 4.85 in his combine. Zay Jones had 800 and some yards last year. I mean, Trevor Lawrence went to him early and often. It showed Zay Jones running the route, and it was like, Zay Jones is fast, 4.85.40. And then it showed Calvin Ridley running the route. And it made Zay Jones look like he was standing still. I mean, it was just absurd, dude. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of speed out there with with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got ETN, who's crazy fast. You got Christian Kirk, who's crazy fast. Trevor Lawrence was the number one (laughs) overall pick. He had to play under an absolute idiot, the former shell of a head coach out of Florida, Urban Meyer, for those who don't know. Thought you were an Urban Meyer stan, no? No, no, I hate that guy. Hate that guy. <laughs> There's actually a, a documentary on his Florida teams coming out. I'm excited to see. I'm surprised he's not in jail yet after all the research they've done. But anyway, we will move along some more. Jags are gonna be nice, dude. After that, dude, I will. It's got. I will say. Hold on. Fun fact: WP yeah. has gone to and won the Super Bowl for every time he's been a head coach in his second career. <clears throat> sorry, second season as a head coach. He's gone to and won the Super Bowl. So Really? I mean, coming into second se- season two. Well, he's only been a head coach at one other team, uh, the aforementioned Eagles. But, yeah, season two. I wasn't, I wasn't going to call Super you Bowl, out on that. Won it? <laughs> yeah, with Nick Foles. It's shout fun. out. Small sample size. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I'm really happy that uh, it worked out. If Carson Wentz would have been healthy, you guys probably wouldn't have won. Anyway, Josh Allen and company. A lot of people think that this is the year. This is make or break for the Bills. Do the, I mean, I don't know. I'll get your take on it in a minute. I think Josh Allen is awesome. He's a huge quarterback that just runs people over and throws 60-yard touchdown passes. I mean, he is – if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist, he would probably be one of the most – electric quarterbacks to watch. Um, I mean, he's just fantastic, dude. I think he's averaging three touchdowns a game and maybe a rushing touchdown every other game. I mean, it's just silly. So, the Bills, their defense is solid. Shout out to Mar Hamlin. He got back at training camp today, officially released from uh, from the injury report. So, shout out to the guy. But, I mean, that, that's just kind of – that's kind of a quick – overview for my power rankings i probably talked too long and i apologize but that's what i got man let's hear yours yeah yeah we've all tuned out uh no uh so (laughs) yeah i like your hair (laughs) to the uh (laughs) to the josh allen aspect man we are living in honestly a qb renaissance that we haven't seen in a couple of decades right because yeah uh Mahomes is the undisputed king, and he's he's how old is he? Like twenty nine, if I'm not mistaken, or twenty eight. Um, Josh Allen. And then we've also got yeah, or no, Mahomes. How old is Mahomes? He's like twenty eight or twenty nine, right? Yeah, I think he's twenty seven right now, actually. Jeez Louise! So like yeah. all these guys are electric, and Josh Allen, uh, even younger. Jalen Hurts, even younger. Trevor Lawrence, the new new kid, even younger. And we get to see all these guys play for the next. And jo- Justin Herbert, I'm gonna leave him out. We get to see these guys play for the next 10, 15, 20 years. We are we are privileged. Um, so yeah, no, I think we're actually very kind of similar in our rankings here. I uh, much to my chagrin, 
I want to give credit where it's due. I think that until you are knocked off your throne, if you win the Super Bowl, you've got to be the number one seed going into the next season. So my number one is the Chiefs. Sad face, even though I do like Andy <laughs> Reid. Uh, two, <laughs> number, number two is going to be my Philadelphia Eagles because their roster is just stacked. Like, it doesn't even seem fair. It's like it's like a fantasy team or a, a, a franchise I'm running in fa- uh, Madden type stacked like it's just like they're already super stacked and then howie rosen's over here is like i'm gonna go ahead and add jalen carter probably the best player in the draft and then also pick up kelly ringo oh who's his boy ringo and then then the last pick in the first round we picked up uh other dude out of georgia um my mind is just not working tonight it's fine you call yourself a philly fan so the podcast <laughs> audience is listening to this, and they're like, it's so-and-so, you dummy. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Nolan Smith. There it is, Jesus. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me that bone, you jerk. But uh, <laughs> no, and it, I gave you Ringo. You weren't going to get that one either. No, that one I would have got. But he was he was a steal later on. Um, yeah. But then my number three is jo- Joe Cool and the Bengals. Those guys are gosh dang. like They're one weird fourth quarter away from being in the Super Bowl against Philly last year. Uh, that team is legit, and they're going to be legit for as long as Burrow is slinging it. Uh, my number four, and I was torn about this, kind of like you are, um, because of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, I'm giving it to the Bills. Uh, that's my number four. My number five is the Jags because of our previously mentioned, you know, Dougie P and Trevor Lawrence. Love there. And then my number six um, even though Philly lives rent free in their head, I'm going to give it to the the 49ers because their their roster as a whole, even though the quarterback is a question mark, um, the roster as a whole is just unfair. That defensive line adding Javon Hargrave, I guess that's that's not not fair. So that's my that's my top six. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, very very similar power rankings for sure, and I think it's really hard to. I mean, if you watch football at all, you should be able to list at least four of those teams, just frankly. Um, I do think some of the coaching changes will be weird, uh, I guess, to say the least in the beginning. You know, the Philly, uh, Shane Steichen left. Did I say that right? Yes. Cool. Yeah, <coughs> Shane Steichen left. He, he's in uh, Indy now. A lot of people kind of attribute a lot of uh, Jalen Hurts' success to him. So, who knows, man? I mean, we'll see what happens there. I got uh, As we said, I, I gotta, as we said, Philly's I gotta push back roster. Philly's roster is just absolutely insane. It's not fair. It's not real. Like it's, it shouldn't make sense, and it doesn't make sense. So, I mean, it. If you lose a coach but gain, like the Infinity Gauntlet, like they did. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. So, what do you think? I uh, I got to put. So, I I really like Shane Steichen. I think his his game planning and like so the way they run their offenses typically is that you know Shane and Nick Sirianni, who's an offensive minded head coach, put together the game script right, and then you know they've got x amount of plays they want to call from, and then Nick Sirianni gives the calling of selected plays that privilege to Shane or Gabe, I should say, because he's no longer there to Shane Steichen. 
uh, and then allows Sirianni to do like, you know, the more emotional and like in the moment, you know, coaching on the sideline, right? And Shane calls the plays in. And then as far as like attributing Hertz's meteoric rise to Steichen, do I think that the two of them worked well together? Absolutely. But I think that it it's would be unfair to Jalen Hurts to say that it was like to give too much credit to him. I think a lot of that has to do with I personally feel like that Jalen Hurts is the hardest working dude in the NFL. Like I would not be surprised to hear that that guy is like up at four in the morning, like looking at his own form, being like, hey, how can I sling this better? And then at like five in the morning, he's like watching film on opponents. And then six in the morning, he's like, you know, talking to somebody about like, um, oh, you know, what, asking somebody else like how how he, he can uh, improve mechanically. The guy's a goddamn machine, um, and he gets better every single year. No, yeah, I, some of my favorite videos on social media or whatever are quarterbacks breaking down defenses as they see them, like actually in the game. You know, in the the post game presser when you know maybe they lost or they won, or whatever. The video I'm thinking of specifically was after an Eagles loss. Um, I believe it was Jalen Hurts' rookie year. So it was the end of the season. I think Hurts got to play like the last four games or something. Might have been the the first year he was a starter. Not sure. One of those times. He was, and they had just come off a loss. They're in the postgame presser, and the reporter basically asked him, you know, Jalen, how could you make such an egregiously bad throw? Those aren't the exact words, but that's that's what he was getting at. And Jalen Hurts basically broke down the entire play, start to finish, without seeing anything. I mean, he he knew exactly where everybody was on the field. He could have drawn you a 3D picture of what was going on on the football field. And I, I think what was so incredible to me was he he uh, basically put it all on himself again, even though he pretty much said. You know, the the corner went where he was supposed to. We game-planned it the way that it was supposed to happen. Receiver just broke off the route in a different place, and it was an interception. We were going for the win. It, it was a it was a home run ball we were trying to hit, but it was on me for, for not making the right read. And it, he, he basically said he made the right read. It just was broke off wrong, you know. And so, anyway, videos like that really get me going. No. I, love, I love just seeing the, the internal thought process of a quarterback – in, in actually like four seconds of real time, you know what I mean? Like there, it's right. so crazy for me to think about how many reads the quarterback position has to go through in four to five seconds. Otherwise, they're sacked or they turn the ball over. You know, so no, nah, I I would agree that Jalen Hurts is an incredibly hardworking guy. Um, I've I've kind of been a pretty big fan of his for a while, so I'm glad to see him actually, you know, thriving uh, as a as a pro quarterback. You and me both. And even though I'm a, a major, major Eagles homer, I promise this isn't going to be the Eagles homer podcast <laughs> more, for more than a couple minutes a week. I, I promise. <laughs> right. uh, no, that's, that's, that's it. And he seems like a genuinely likable guy. Uh, you know, and it's kind of cool that he gets this massive contract and then he goes back and still gets his MBA in human relations just because, you know, that just shows the character of like always wanting to approve or improve, excuse me. So, yep. Lucky, yeah, lucky sure. to have him that the uh, weird quarterback situation that worked itself out in the most unlikely of ways in Philadelphia, but I'm here for it. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. What's up? Uh, now that we've talked about now that we've talked about the power rankings, I want you to start with some teams that you think could jump up there that aren't necessarily going to be ranked there right now in this in this part of the season. So jump up as in like top ten or as in like make it limp into the playoffs unexpectedly because those are two uh, different things. I'm saying I'm saying a 500 win team. A 500 win team people might not think are going to be there. Man, I, I so my uh, I've got a couple right. I could see um, I could see the Falcons literally just like <laughs> I could see Arthur Smith like hopping on freaking B. John Robinson and and riding that fool to the promised land like with 350 touches this year and just turning <laughs> their whole back loop back. Uh, <clears throat> backfield loose, right? Because it's not just him. They've got Ty- Tyler Alger- Algiers. Um, and then if Ritter takes any kind of step forward at all. And Kyle Pitts, right? So he gets hated on a lot for for kind of messing the bed as a as a tight end, fantasy tight end last year. But, dude, he broke the rookie record for tight ends his rookie season. So the guy's still a stud. So they've got some of the pieces there. Am I a believer believer? No. But do I think it's possible? Absolutely. Uh, and then if I'm going to pick one from the AFC, AFC is harder because it, it's so stacked, uh, and everything's so chalk, right? And everyone's like, well, the Jets could take a leap forward. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to say if, uh, if the uh, Colts, Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson, like kind of mind meld, um, and they rely simply on Richardson's like athletic ability. I could see them, you know, surprising people and going nine and seven, and maybe whipping in and winning the South because because the South sucks a lot. Well, with the exception of the Jags. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, really. Either take, honestly, um, I think that Desmond Ritter is going to have to take a step forward, like you said, uh, for Atlanta to be good. I man, you know, Drake London. He's good. He's a great, big, huge body receiver that can make plays downfield. Um, he can. He's a possession guy also, so you know he can break it off at the sticks and, and come down with it inbounds. Like he's got a lot to offer. Kyle Pitts is one of the most gifted tight ends athletically that we have ever seen in the league. Like 99th percentile on his draft day. Like dude is just crazy. It's unfortunate that Atlanta has not found a way to use him um, in the three years that he's been in the league. Like, yeah, he, uh, like, yeah, he, you know, he broke the rookie record, but I don't know. When you have to throw the ball a million times a game and you have the most gifted tight end athletically, <laughs> you have to throw him the ball, dude. Like, I, I mean, when you're getting force fed, it's going to happen. So, anyway. I don't no, understand. Just, uh, it's like there's like an aversion. There's an aversion to throwing to Kyle Pitts. I, I do do not get that. And they're like, we could throw it to Pitts, but no, let's let's not. I'm gonna I'm exactly. Marcus Mariota. I'm gonna throw it directly in the air. It doesn't make any sense. Straight up, yeah, it's stupid. But no, I think just kind of real quick for mine. I, I think uh, the Ravens. Todd Munkin, new off, offensive coordinator. Dude's gonna be nice. Uh, Lamar has more weapons than he's ever had, so that's big. 
Um, NFC. I would push yeah, back I, and I would push back and say that I think the Ravens may end up being a little chalk by the time the season starts. And Lamar always gets, <clears throat> always gets a lot of love. I, I feel like look, everyone the the world is so divisive on Lamar. Like he's a running back. No, he's a rock star. He's a running back. Whatever. But I think as the season approaches, they'll end up being really chalk, and, and everyone will have them in the top ten of their power rankings. Prediction. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, the AFC has like legitimately ten teams that are all really good. So, <laughs> you know, for sure. Um, Facts. And then NFC, you know, I got to go with the Saints, man. Derek Carr is a dog. He's going to be a great addition to the squad. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Kamara if he plays, Kendra Miller, Jamal Williams. I mean, they're all just good, dude. Jawan Johnson. We signed Jimmy Graham to a contract today. That's weird. He's old. I don't know what's I happening there. But anyway, nah, dude, that's what I got for you. I think he wants to retire as a saint would be my guess. I also think that uh, I think Derek Carr, man, I, I think he's going to have like an unprecedented, like maybe not an MVP caliber season, but like up there because that dude, he seems like the type of guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder. And so he's going to he's going to go out every single game, <clears throat> every single game and be like, yeah, look, what you, look, look what I'm uh, look how much better I am than Jimmy Garoppolo. You jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Josh McDaniels. If you don't chew big red, then I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, on we all know how that, how that goes. Podcast. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh man, well, uh, that's dude. That's that's all I got for today. Um, excited to talk to you and Taylor next week about more training camp uh, things that pop up, and then maybe dive in a little bit more to fantasy next week. What else you got? You got any closing thoughts at all? Nah, man. Just looking forward to what rolls out of training camp and looking forward to this season. Can't wait to see Joey B and the Bengals win the Super Bowl. There's your hot take for the night. (laughs) For sure, man. Uh, Well, it was a pleasure as always. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you and Taylor next week. And uh, keep it here at 4th and Forever Sports for your football and other sports updates. Appreciate it, y'all. Peace out.